morning. Today's scripture reading will be from the book of John, chapter 12, um, be verses 12 and 13. If you'd like to follow along in the Pew Bibles, that'll be on page 953. Again, that'll be the book of John, chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Good morning. So thankful you have chosen to be here today. Thankful for all those who are are on live stream, who are joining with us today. We're so grateful that you have all the places you could be that you to be here today. We have a couple things coming up I want to let you know about. Two weeks from today, we're going to have a family day. That is a day where we'll have our regular worship time that morning, and then we will come back at 1 o'clock for our evening worship. And then after that, there's going to be several activities for our families to be involved in. Uh, there are different things to be signing up for, and the sign-ups will start probably Wednesday night. But there's going to be a lot of neat things that day that we want to do as you spend time with your own physical family, spending time with a spiritual family. I think it's a great day, and we look forward to it just being a really nice, nice day. Just remember, our evening service will be at 1 o'clock that day. Also, every Sunday, for us to be able to have worship, there's about 40 different men involved when it comes to serving on the Lord's Supper table, comes to leading the prayers, doing the different things. And we need to know uh, who would like to be involved in that. So in your Bible classes this morning, there was a clipboard that was sent around for that. Uh, also, uh, if you are here now and you can get a chance to see that, if you go out to Information Central, there's a clipboard where you'll put your name and you can mark what service you come to and what you'd be willing to do. We greatly need that, and that will be a great blessing uh, to us. Also, uh, this morning's sermon, uh, you're going to get half of a sermon. It's going to be plenty long, okay? But you're going to get half of a sermon. Uh, I figured I could rush through everything today and still go over or split it in half. So that's what I've done. So I hope that you will come back tonight or you will tune in tonight uh, through live stream and be a part of this time as we study God's Word. As we begin, let's begin in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, you are incredible. God, when we think of you speaking this world into existence, when we think of you loving us, we just can't explain it. God, we pray that you will be with us today as we look at your word. Lord, we know that there are many families today that are hurting and many in this church family who are struggling in different ways. And Lord, we pray that you will be with all of them, that you will be with each of us and help us to fully rely on you and help us to look to your Son. In Christ, let me pray. Amen. Does anybody here struggle with anxiety? The thing is, I just asked that question. Some of you that didn't before do now. Because that question, is it's a loaded question in some ways. Anxiety is a very real thing, and anxiety is defined as this. It's an emotional state in which we feel uneasy, apprehensive, or fearful. People usually experience anxiety about events they cannot control, predict, or about events that seem threatening or dangerous. There is a feeling of vulnerability and severe anxiety can 
can persist to become not only disabling, but paralyzing. And it's real. It's something that, 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 that we deal with. And, and I love the, the, the Peanuts cartoons, and I love Charlie Brown. My anxieties even have anxieties. And sometimes we find ourselves there. I've noticed that many times anxieties come, with, come knowing there's something coming in the future. Well, we may know the exact date. It may be something that's coming. It may be an event. Whatever it is, it shapes us a little bit. I remember when I was preparing, when I say preparing to take the ACT test, uh, we only got one shot when I did it. Now you can take it over and over again, and they'll do a super score. We'll take your highest here and highest there and put them together. No, you got one shot. You know what they told us? Get some sleep and drink orange juice before you go. That's as much information as I got before I went to take it. And they're saying, hey, no pressure, but if you make a 30 or above, which I was never in danger of doing, if you make a 30 or above, college could be paid for a lot of it, but if you don't make a certain grade, you don't get to go. No pressure. There are certain people who are very intelligent, but do you put this test in front of them? They struggle. Because they're not thinking about the question, they're thinking about future and how this will shape them. Some of us struggle with that due date, which is tomorrow. How, how many of you, uh, I don't know anybody who hasn't done their taxes yet tomorrow. I did mine yesterday morning. I tried to schedule my time for tomorrow because I, if I were to die before that happened, I hate to know that I did them before and wasted that time. I want to wait to the last minute every year and, and get that done. But I had that done yesterday. But I'm going to tell you, that is a very challenging day for many people. The guy who does my taxes is a, is, a, is a friend of mine, and I sat down with him yesterday, and I talked to him about, I said, you know, every time I go to your place of business, people are really, really good and really nice. He said, listen, he said, when I hire someone, they have to not only be have the skills that are good at the accounting side, they have to have people skills. Because when people come in that day, they are as, as stressed as they can be. So they have to be able to comfort people. It may be the wedding date that's coming forward that may make you anxious and try to get everything done. It, it, it may be an upcoming surgery or an emergency that's happened. I can't imagine this. This is a picture of my dad, the, the picture with he and his parents the day before he went to Vietnam. Actually, the day before he enlisted, he, he didn't tell his parents that he was enlisting. He just asked them for a picture. Then he went on and, and joined the Navy and, and went on. I can't imagine that. And then the anxiety of his family every day while he's gone. Maybe it's being called into court. Maybe it's just that phone call that, that you get and you're like, wow, this, this, this is such bad news. It's such a struggle. Maybe it's something that causes you uh, to lose sleep. I'm going to tell you, not only with anxiety, I think a lot of us go through a lot of pain. As we was mentioned just a few moments ago in a prayer, we think about the Morrow family and Rusty passing away after 14 years of this congregation praying for him. You, you think about that and the family that's shown love and showed us how to love someone who, who, is, who has gone through this. They are not the only family to have funerals this week and coming up this week. There's other people who have lost loved ones. There's other people who have people in critical condition in the hospital. There's people here who are going through a divorce. There's people here who are going through so many things. And the question is, what do I do when I'm overwhelmed with life? How do I handle life when I feel like life is bigger than I am? 
Again, every week we realize we look through our church prayer list. It is bigger than we are. Tonight, one of our elders will come up and take this list and go over name after name after name after name and pray for them and realize that every one of these families is dealing with something that is beyond what they can control. We look to Jesus. We look to Him. We look to Him in His life. I believe He holds the answers when our hearts are broken. He holds the answers when we don't know what to do. He holds the answers when we're struggling. He holds the answers when, when, when we don't know if we can take another step. Jesus knows and Jesus holds the answers. And Jesus, I believe this morning, if we look at His Word, He'll teach us. This week, many would call the, the Holy Week. It is the, uh, some of our religious friends today are celebrating Palm Sunday as they begin counting down the different days of the final week of Jesus' life. We go from this week, Palm Sunday, to next Sunday where we will celebrate the resurrection of Christ and celebrate Easter. And you look at that week, and it was a week that began with what? Jesus riding in a town on a donkey and people throwing out palm branches and celebrating Him as a king. Jesus has come to town. He's come in. He's fulfilling all these messianic prophecies. And as he comes to town, he comes to town as a king. Look at what they say to him in Matthew 21, verse 9. The crowd is saying this, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heavens. Do you know what the word Hosanna means? I sang it for years and didn't have a clue what it meant. It means Lord save us. He's, he's there. Lord, save us. You are our Savior. You are our Messiah. We, we want you to lift us up. We want you to save us. The, 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 the children of Israel here are struggling with their place in society, being, being ready for what? Not to be saved from their sins, but to be saved from being slaves and be saved from their lot in this life. But they are crying out to save Him. We start the week with that, and the week ends with what? Crucify Him. Now, it really makes a good sermon for somebody to say the same people who said, Hosanna, save us on Monday or Sunday were the same people that were saying, crucify him on Friday. I didn't do a roll call. I don't know if it's the same people or not. But I know this. I know that's what Jesus heard. Can you imagine having a week where people praise you as their king at the beginning of the week and cry out for you to be their savior, and by the end of the week, all they want is you dead? See, it's leading to a cross, but there's something huge in the middle that I think will help us to see how we deal when our heart's broken, and we find it in Matthew chapter 26. Go ahead and open your Bibles there. Matthew chapter 26, we're going to look at Jesus, Jesus on a very dark and difficult night. And, and I think when, when we look at Him, we realize the Bible is relevant to, to our human condition. The Bible is relevant to where we live. And I believe seeing what Jesus did 2,000 years ago when His heart was broken can help us 2,000 years later as we together in Mount Juliet. I believe as we go through this dark night, we will see something bright. One, one of my frustrations is artwork about Jesus. So I grew up, and I believe this was in the Bible I was given when I was baptized. It had a lot of pictures in it. And this picture of Jesus in the garden, to me it looks more like Kenny Loggins. I'm not sure. There's a, there's a weird thing here going on. But not only that, it looks like he's just chilling out. 
If you read, and when we read the, the words of this, this prayer, if you think he is just sitting there going, hey, Lord, bless this food, that's not what we see. Well, what we see is him, he is praying with anguish. He is more than likely prostrate on the, on the ground. It says with, with what? Swept like, like drops of blood coming from his head. This is intentional. His heart is broken. Let's look at Jesus as we look at Matthew 26, beginning in verse 36. It says, Then Jesus went with them to a, a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter, the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to his disciples, and he found them sleeping. He said to Peter, Could you not watch with me for even one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he, he went away and prayed. My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise and let us go, for my betrayer is at hand. I believe the darkest nights produce the brightest stars, and on this night you're going to see something bright. You're going to see Jesus shine through all the darkness that is in his life. What do we learn from Jesus? First of all, we learn it's okay to be troubled. It's okay to be sorrowful. It's okay to have your heart broken. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be fearful. Those things are okay. Why? Because Jesus was. See, Jesus has been looking for this his entire life. Again, when we look at his life, we, we get his birth, we get him at age 12, we get him at age 30, and we see his mom come to him at a wedding one day. And what does she say? Hey, uh, these people are out of wine. We need you to help them out. What does he say? He says, my time has not yet come. See, once his time has come, the countdown starts to his death. Well, guess what? The countdown is here. And we learn here that it's okay to be troubled. Little Darth Vader quote, I find your lack of faith disturbing. I think that's sort of what we see here when we hear from people. There are some people that, that believe if you're a Christian, you can never be sad. You can never be hurt. And you should always be, be really just a giggly and joyful about everything. There's a couple of things there. We should be the most joyful people on earth. We should be. Why? Because we have a promise of a God with us now and a promise of Him later where things will be greater than we can ever imagine. We should be joyful, but joyful does not contradict being tearful. Those exist. See, I... The song, Singing Be Happy, is a great song. It's cool. You got all the parts coming in. But sometimes I feel like it trivializes being sad. 
It's a great lesson. We should focus on God. There is something greater, but sometimes I just want to be sad. Sometimes I need to be told to get over it. I will say that. But when I look here, I see that there is a God, and he looks down at his son, and his son is on earth hurting. The movie Inside Out a few years ago was a really neat movie, and one of the things that was neat about it is it talked about all the different emotions we have and feelings, and it sort of shows each one and how we need those in our life. Guess what? God put fear and sadness in you. Those are real emotions. They have a purpose, and so they are real, and, and we will have them. I've heard people say and talk about, well, it's not okay to be sad. Look at this. Jesus was sorrowful and troubled to the point of death. That seems pretty sad to me. That's what, what Matthew says. Look, Mark says that he is greatly distressed. And Luke 22, verse 44 says that he was so distressed that his sweat became like great drops of blood. He was in pain. He was overwhelmed. He was in agony. It is okay to be troubled. Today, you really may be struggling, and I want you to know it's okay to be troubled. It is okay to be sad. It is okay to be troubled. It is okay to, to, to deal with those emotions as they come. But secondly, I want to encourage you to do what Jesus did. Pray about it. Take it to God. See, that's what he did. Uh, this be anxious for nothing, as Paul talks about in Philippians 4, verse 6. But in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be named to God. He says, don't be anxious about anything because you can pray about everything. That's what he tells us. Also, there's thanksgiving here. And I think the more thankful we are about what we have, the less anxious we, we might be because we actually can, can see what God has done. I think that's huge for us to do. But let me ask you, whatever's on your heart today, whatever's hurting you, have you prayed about it? See, when I even ask you that, you may be saying, that's a horrible question. That's pretty personal. You may be saying, of course I have. I laugh. Uh, when I was doing youth ministry, I, I was about 30 years old, and uh, we were having a small group Bible study one night. And out of nowhere, the, the, my youth group, and especially the girls' youth group, says, we just wish you were married. Well, thank you. I'm not sure what studying... Whatever we're studying has to do with that, but we, I, I appreciate that. I wouldn't mind being married myself. And uh, one of the girls, seventh grade girl who, who knew everything, <laughs> Craig, have you prayed about that? Yes, <laughs> very much so. The Lord decided to wait about another 13 years before that took place, and, and uh, it paid off. I, I did very, very well, way better than I deserve, very, very thankful. But I'm going to ask you again, whatever it is you're dealing with, have you prayed about it? Have you just opened up before God and said, God, I'm hurting, and this is why? Say, God, I don't understand why things are going the way they are, why things haven't happened the way I want them to, why somebody may have mistreated me, why, why this illness is going on. Whatever it is, if you opened your heart, say, God, I don't understand, and I need you. See, prayer is talking to God. What an incredible privilege.
that we can just speak to our Heavenly Father, the one who spoke the world into existence. We can speak to Him when our heart is broken. Let's follow Jesus' example and pray. Thirdly, ask your friends for help. We see that right here. It says, then Jesus went with them. He didn't go by himself to Gethsemane. He took people with him. He says, disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the sons of Zebedee, Peter, James, and John with him. Peter, James, and John got to see some neat things, transfiguration, different things with Jesus. And they went with him here. A friend loves at all time, and guess what? We're going to have times in our life where we need our friends a lot. I believe that's why God made the church the way that he did, where we are not baptized and then live individually the rest of our lives. We're to live in community the rest of our lives. Since I've been in ministry, I've never been a part of a congregation where I was blood kin to anybody there. But everywhere I've been, I have been blood-related through Jesus to everybody there. And that means when my family could not be there for certain things, I had a spiritual family that was there. We need people to be with us. I want to... This is some advice that's going to be on the side. Can I tell you, if you're ever asking yourself, you may know somebody, whatever, should I go to the funeral visitation or the funeral or not? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Why? Because people need you. And what keeps us from going to those situations? There's a lot that keeps us from going to funerals and visitations or whatever else, hospital, whatever else. One of the things that keeps us from going is we might not like to think about our own death, there's a part of that. But the other is, we're afraid we won't know what to say. We're afraid when we stand in that line to, to, to meet the family or whatever, we won't know what to say. Can I tell you, here's the best things you can say. I'm sorry, and I love you, and I'm praying for you. Can I tell you, you can get by with saying nothing and hugging somebody. Most of the time when we speak in those situations, we overspeak and we speak wrong. I've got a whole lesson I'll do at some point in time where I'll talk about things to not say when tragedy has happened. Things that are unbiblical that we say that we think are okay. More than likely, the people at a funeral won't remember what you said anyway unless you say something really dumb. But they will remember that you stood in line and you hugged their neck. They will remember your presence. So your presence is a, it makes a big difference to, to be there and to be around one another. And when somebody's hurting, to be there. And also what we see is when we are alone and suffering, that is where the devil wants us. The devil wants us to suffer by ourselves because it is then we become incredibly vulnerable. But when our church family, when people close to us surround us, it helps to lift us up and lift us up closer to God. And that is something that we remember the people who are there when our family's this way. I love this. Don't let worries kill you. Let the church help. This is a bad sign, okay? Okay. I'm sure the person meant well. Okay. Here's a key in this. Jesus took people with him. Sometimes you need to ask people when you're struggling to be with you. 
Sometimes people don't know. Sometimes people don't know what to do. But if you say, come and be with me, it can make a huge difference. When you read about the story of Job, more bad things happen to Job in one day than most people endure in a lifetime. And one of the, 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 the lessons from that is he had three friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. Hey, Brianna and I left those names. Y'all can free to use them. Those are three good boy names if y'all are looking for any. He had three friends who did what? Made an appointment to come together and go sit with Job for seven days in silence. The trouble only started when they started speaking. But they sat there in silence and showed that love. Can I tell you, people remember the kindness that you show when you surround them when they're going through their darkest time. When I was in college, I believe it was my senior year. I had a couple of senior years. I have to remember which one. Um, I lost my grandmother and grandfather within a month of each other. My grandma Moore, who I call my ma, that was my, my mom's mom, uh, she died of a breast cancer uh, on January 14th. I saw, I saw her the day before I went out of town for the weekend. She said, I'm doing good. I'll be fine. She died while I was gone. I came back. I got to the room. This is pre-cell phone, so nobody could call and tell me I was out of town on a trip. When I get back to my dorm room, my roommate has to say, hey, Craig, we got a phone call, and your grandmother passed away. And it was devastating to me. Even though I knew how sick she was, I had spent all this time with her in the hospital. I was sad. Listen, uh, on February 14th, we put my grandfather in the ground. And, and why did he die? There's not, I mean, he was not in great health, but basically he just gave up when she died. What I was getting ready to do when I got to call my granddad died, I was getting ready to go do my laundry. I lived on second floor Benson, and uh, we, you know, everybody had their own hampers. Can I tell you, my hamper was a 32-gallon trash can with wheels. You could carry stuff down the hall or you could roll it. I'm an efficiency expert. I rolled it down the hall. It held exactly three loads of my clothes. I knew knew what it would hold, knew everything else. And all my stuff, it was full. I was getting ready to go do it. And I got the call about my granddad. I loaded up whatever I had, and I left the dorm. And we did the visitation. This is back when there was a couple full days of visitation. Then the funeral at the end. My roommate and sweet mates came to the visitation, came to the funeral. I spend another day with my family when I get back to the dorm. You know what? My roommates and my sweet mates had done all my laundry. They had washed all my clothes and dried them. And I tell you, it takes a special kind of love to wash another man's drawers. Now, they didn't fold them and put them up. That had been agape love. So they didn't go to the extra level. I'll never forget it. And all they did was wash clothes. And all they did was what? Come be with me when I was hurting. Can I tell you, surround people when they are going through stuff. And when you're going through stuff, don't push people away. Bring people in. Let them surround you. And also, that power of presence makes a difference. And we learn that from Jesus. And also, when we pray, remember who we're talking to. Jesus was talking to the one who spoke. To, you, you think about this, talking to his heavenly father. 
We think about God, we, we, he, where did he say to him? We know that all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, not, yet not as what I will, but what you will. He acknowledged he was talking to the omnipotent God. You realize that we get to do the same thing? We use big $50 words when we talk about God. He's omnipotent. He's, he's omniscient. He's omnibenevolent. He's omnipresent. But to think that we get to, to speak to our God who, who is all-knowing, who knows everything that has ever happened, will happen, knows what's going on in our life, and knows us, and has complete wisdom. He is also all-powerful. He is the one who can make a difference. He is all present. In other words, He is there with us at that time, and He is all loving. He will always do what is best. We can trust Him with that. We have that opportunity to speak to Him. Have you prayed about it? See, this morning, again, this is about halfway through tonight. We'll finish up because some of y'all are going, but sometimes it's going to say no. We'll talk about that tonight. But I know this, if I look to Jesus, what I can learn today and what I hope you can learn today is it's okay to be troubled. It's okay to have your heart broken, but when your heart is broken, that I need to take it straight to Him. That I need to take it to my Heavenly Father. I need to, to pour out my heart to Him, let Him know what's going on. I need to surround myself with people who will build me up spiritually. People who can sit in silence with me when I need that. People who can do different things to help me draw closer to God. And also, I need to remember that I'm in the hands of the God who is overall. See, I have to remember that God is with me, and I, I, I want to trust Him in this situation. I'm going to tell you, I've been a dad like seven and a half weeks plus the eight months he was on the way. I've been a dad since as long as he's been coming. And one thing that I've gotten to do that I didn't know I would get to do that I'm not sure I want to do is hold him when he gets blood drawn and gets his shots. That is not fun. And I cannot, in my power, take away any of his pain. I'd be okay if they stuck me instead of him. I'd prefer that, actually. But I can hold him through it. Today, I pray you realize that God is holding you through it. It may not feel like it. You may wonder where he is. God is near. God is close to the brokenhearted. And God loves you. And today, I, I think you realize as Jesus is going through the week that he went through, it was leading to his death. He talked to his father, and he trusted him. Today, I pray we do the same. Today, if you're not a Christian, why not? Why not entrust your life into the one who, who loved you and who died on the cross for you? Why not through faith choose today to be baptized for remission of your sins? Today, I, I would love for you to make that decision. And we will circle you and we will celebrate with you.
as you choose to become a child of God. It may be the day that you say, hey, I just want this church family to pray for me. You, you said in your sermon that we need to be surrounded by, 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 by friends, by family, people who will lift us up, and I need that today. I need you to pray for me. We would love to do that. Today, if we can help in your walk with God, would you come now while we stand and while we sing?